This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we started doing virtual visits. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. Most Tuesdays are just Tuesdays, except at Buffalo Wild Wings, where Tuesdays are Wing Tuesdays. But now even Wing Tuesdays aren't just Wing Tuesdays, because Wing Tuesdays are half-price Wing Tuesdays, which means your boring Tuesday that became Wing Tuesday now costs you half as much. In case you're confused, we have half-price Wing Tuesdays. We do it for you. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings. Beer. Sports. Prices and participation vary. See participating locations for details. Void were prohibited. This is Chris List, the host of the East Coast Offense Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. There is a special offer for new users of FanDuel. You can get a free six-month RotoWire subscription with a $10 deposit on FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. Not only will you get the free subscription, but you have that $10 available to play with on FanDuel. That's more than $40 in value for just 10 bucks. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. This is the East Coast Offense Podcast. This is Chris Liss, and it is a special edition as I am joined by Yahoo Sports' Scott Pianowski and Dalton Del Don, and they're going to work out uh, something that went on on Twitter. It actually started because I made a trade with Dalton that we talked about in the last podcast, and I was trying to deal him RG3 straight up for Spencer Ware in a QB flex league because Dalton lost Tony Romo. And uh, Dalton wouldn't do it. He held out. He was stingy as usual. He asked for he asked for Jimmy Graham. I didn't have Jimmy Graham. He made me go fab Jimmy Graham. It's also a two tight end league. Just for some context. Well, we made the deal, and um, Spencer Ware had a huge day. RG three had a crappy day, and then is now out for the year. And so I got onto Twitter and I said, I'm actually feeling guilty about this trade. Not when I did it, but after RG3 was out for the year on IR until the point that no one's going to keep him. And, Scott, why don't you uh, tell it from there? So what happened from that point? Uh, hi, uh, Scott Pianowski, Yahoo Sports. How you doing, guys? Um, well, first of all, I'm going to give Dalton every chance to, to give me any guff he wants. Um, look, the way I look at it, we're, we're all like astronauts or pilots, right? I mean, we all do this for a living. We put stuff... We put ourselves out there. We, we, we do a ton of rankings. We give a ton of advice. We, we talk and interact on the Internet, on the radio, on these podcasts. And so, you know, I'm, I'm not just some – we're all, we're all vested in this and we're all vetted in this and we're all good at this. You, know, you, you guys are all great players. And I don't know, I, I, I just – happen to have a difference of opinion. The thing that surprised me about this trade, Dalton, and, and look, I've made, you know, I understand the, the Sopa League is the depth league, and I've made some wacky trades before. I traded Tom Brady a couple of years ago for Mike Glennon, you know, which is probably going to be 
the day I die, that will be the lead of my obituary. You know, I, I've made trades that people didn't like the time of. I've made trades that look bad. But the thing that kind of, and I didn't even find out about this trade until after the week one games are were played. So that, that throws, that kind of skews the analysis here. But uh, Chris can attest, and anybody who read my work in the preseason can attest, that Spencer Ware was a guy I couldn't shut up about. He was my most owned player in MFLs. I have him about 45% of my leagues. And I thought you understood, you know, that uh, how exciting Ware was because you spent your all of your fab money on Ware. I spent, I think, about $45 on Ware. I didn't get him. But you went to the mat for wear and spent a hundred bucks on him, which I thought was great and smart and, and aggressive in the way to, the way to play. And then I, I guess I was surprised that you traded him. I, I know it's a depth league. I know any starting quarterback has value. Any tight end who's doing something has value. It just so happens I don't have any Griffin or any uh, Jimmy Graham this year. I just I'm really low on those players. And I just didn't understand why you turned around and traded him for two guys that, albeit. I guess their theoretical upsides would apply, but I, I just thought Ware was worth a lot more than that. And if you were going to trade a player like Ware, who obviously had a lot of buzz in the industry, a lot of people bid on him, a lot of people have been talking about him, I'm just surprised you didn't maybe shop around a little bit. Yeah, a lot of things to talk about. Um, first of all, I, a list will attest to this, that um, I, I said when we were negotiating that uh, I considered Griffin the, the number one injury risk in the league. So... I obviously am not surprised about that, and it, it looks horrible in hindsight. I do think there was upside with him with a, with a poor defense in Cleveland, a running game that probably was going to struggle. Josh Gordon's coming back in a month. Maybe he starts running the ball again. Um, I just thought there was some, some circus-type potential there uh, for his fantasy value, even if he sucked as a real-life quarterback. Um, and just to be clear, the context, it's a super flex league, so two quarterbacks and two tight ends. I own Jimmy Graham in zero of my 13 leagues. Um, I don't like him. I'm worried about the knee injury, but tight end is just a total joke. I spent $1 on both of my tight ends. Even when he was terrible last year, he did have like 700 yards in 13 games or whatever. I mean, he, he, he certainly can possibly have some value in a two tight end league. And, and, and you want to start a quarterback in that flex, super flex spot. I mean, even the, the number 20 quarterback, regardless of name, I would say the number 20-ish quarterback is going to average more fantasy points than, than Spencer Ware probably will, I would say, or whatever, the number 15 running back, whatever. Um, I love Ware, by the way. I own him, and uh, I had two drafts in the last week in NFFC, including a $1,600 buy-in primetime league um, in which I right now there's 550 people, and because of him, I scored the third most points of everyone in a $150,000 prize in week one. I have to say that before I look like a fool. I have to give one, one thing in because I obviously feel dumb about this, um, this trade. But I love Ware, and maybe that's part of the reason I was willing to deal him is because I had so much uh, riding on him in other leagues. Yeah. That's possibly dumb. That's possibly dumb and not recommended. But I do use that in my thought process. But obviously this Stope League is incredibly important for all of us, an $11,000 grand prize, which is far more likely attainable than the, the, the NFFC overall that I'm speaking of. And part of my um, fault as a fantasy player, maybe just a trade person in general if you judge it by this one, but I'm really poor at, at, um, at shopping around. I'm in you know, 13 leagues, too many pools. I make too many gambling bets each week, and, and I don't like badgering people. So I obviously should have just sent out an email. That, that would have been, you know, just bought, if nothing else, sent an email saying, hey, I need a, another quarterback, which, by the way, it's incredibly tough to trade for because most of the teams in this league only have two, 
and they don't want to trade their second one. So my trade partners, in my mind, were only about maybe two or three other options who had the third quarterback. And um, so I, 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 I wish you had heard. I wish you had heard one of the spots I had done with Chris and Jeff on the radio on the radio on the Rotowire show, where I told them beforehand I want to talk about Spencer Ware. It's the only the only twice I think in the times I've been on their show have I ever said beforehand I want to talk about a player. The first time was Russell Wilson's rookie year before he ever played, and then this I think was was the second time. And again, look, I'm wrong on tons of stuff. I guess I just wish I that you had known how crazy I was for where I, I did know you were. No, I did know you were, and that was a mistake that I didn't at least gauge it by you. But um, let me ask you something, uh, Scott or and Chris. How much do you think Robert Griffin would have gone for if he was available, uh, you know, five days ago in this format for Fab? I mean, I, I would say he's obviously $100 because I would have spent it. So, I mean, in a 2QB league with his theoretical upside, yeah. I, I mean, he, he would have gone for 100 let, Let's just put it this way. Let's just back up from the – because we're all after the injury and after Ware's big game, which might not have happened. We didn't know. You can't know. Even no matter how high you are on Ware going into the season – You've got to be higher now that he caught seven passes for 129 yards. There's no way you anticipated that whatsoever. So clearly, I, I, would, I would hang on a second. They did make it. They, they gave a few dump offs that, in spring to that level now, but they made a priority to use him they as a target. They gave a few catches in spring. You know, you know how that goes. It sometimes it means something, sometimes it doesn't. They certainly wanted to see that skill, but I mean, come on. He went seven for 129. Kay Adams tweeted out. I thought this was a good tweet. Jamal Charles had 100 yards receiving twice in his career in a game, okay? 129 is ridiculous, okay? You must be higher on him now than before. One must. Of course, of course, okay. yeah. That's, so that's let's, true. okay. And then you must, no matter how much you hate RG3, be lower on him than you were before. He is out for the year, okay? He's out for half a year, and for our purposes, you're not going to hold him, okay? He's so, dead, yeah. so he's out for the year. But let's do something that makes more sense. Let's sub in Josh McCown because he'll be available this week. And I think it's worth going to the mat for Josh McCown. He's got Barnage who he connects with. Josh Gordon's coming back week five. There's Duke Johnson. You know, you have the rookie number one pick, Corey Coleman. Terrell Pryor made some plays. He's a physical freak. I mean, I think that in a two QB league, it's not, it's, you know, QB flex, but you're really kind of dead in the water if you don't have a QB in that flex. Um, these guys are pretty big free agent targets. They're going to go for a lot of money. And, um, you know, and where you were willing to bid 44. Now, some of that's, roster structure, right? You, you had running backs, you needed other things, you have lots of wear. Um, but if you look at Dalton's team, he was desperate to have a quarterback and he had two starting running backs that he had faith in. Now Devonta Freeman's a whole other story. But the, the point is, I, I, I felt like it, you may not, you would definitely, I believe you 100% not have done the trade, not even considered it and didn't, wouldn't have thought it to be a good trade beforehand. But I do think, and I wouldn't. I didn't feel guilty at all. I thought, you know, Graham, he played in the first game. Who knows, right? I mean, it's a two-tight end league. No, I'm not saying you should feel guilty. Yeah. I mean, this, no, this trade wasn't done under pretenses or anything. I no, mean, I, I felt guilty after because my, the dude I traded him was out for the year. I mean, that's, that's unfortunate. And the dude he traded me went nuts. But, you know, where still has Jamal Charles presumably coming back? I mean, we, you know, I, I, I just felt... That like, I'll pay you a lot for wear right now. I'd yeah, probably give you almost right. anybody in my team for right. him. Well, I thought about Ryan Matthews, and I thought, eh, I, I don't love Ryan Matthews, but that would be that would be a challenge trade because, A, just to sort of be like, okay, you're so high wear, you know, take him. Um, but I don't really want to rejigger my roster with different positions. It's it's balanced now. You know, it, that probably but would if I overpaid you for him, maybe it would be worth it. I, I just 
it, to me, it was just a perfect storm that where is a player I'm crazy about and Griffin and Graham. I mean, Graham was somebody I was telling people to cross off their lists. I know it's a two tight end league, but I, I have, because he came back from that patellar injury, I have zero faith. I think Stopa just dropped him, right? Stopa owned him and just decided he wasn't worth it to him and just cut him out, right? He did, but but you remember, Stopa was like me and probably didn't get a defense and kicker, so you had to drop somebody. I dropped Dorian sure. Beckham. I didn't want to drop him, but I had to. I mean, you know. You, That's the other thing with this league. You only have five bench spots, so you have to cut. When people look at this league who aren't who don't play in this structure, you have to look. We have to make difficult choices that may not apply to a standard league. Right. I, I love the morons jumping in mid-thread and being like, what? That's idiotic. Like, not knowing the rules, not knowing the scoring, not knowing anything. Yeah, and then they go back to their league and pick up Jameis Winston. So ridiculous, the comments we got. They don't know it's a two-tight end league, QB flex. Anyway, the point is, I felt like it was a legitimate reasonable trade you who happen to be lowest on rg3 and highest on where would not have done it but that doesn't delegitimize the thought process and again if, if you sub in mccown for rg3 i think it's a legitimate trade all over again and and finally you know graham played week one i mean when stopa dropped him there was just pete carroll lying about whether he was going to play or not every day graham actually played week one he caught a ball like it's he, he's <laughs> he not out for the year no, but I mean, he's not out for the year. Like, it's not this Victor Cruz thing last year where he's going to come back, he's going to come back, and he just never comes back. Are we sure that – I'm trying to remember other instances where any player commanded $100 of fab money. I don't think it's happened very often. Yeah, it's, it's – One thing, I, I love Spencer Ware. I really do. But to play devil's advocate, he did play the same amount of snaps as Charkandic West on Sunday. And um, it, it's – this was week one in which they had a home matchup against the Chargers. I mean, it was a pretty nice setup, and Jamal Charles still may come back in a couple weeks, and who knows if it does become a committee. I mean, again, I love where I think at worst he remains the goal line back and still sees 10 to 12 touches. But, I mean, let's, let's judge this, you know, six weeks from now as well. I mean, right. obviously I lost no matter what. There's no question that, and in hindsight, it looks even worse than it did at the time, even if you hated it at the time. And I'm as pissed as anyone that this happened. But, I mean, it's not like, I mean, Ware still has some question marks. It's not, it's not like let's just pencil him in. No, of course, like, of course. I, I just feel like, to me, it, it felt like a basketball team that jacks up a three right at the beginning of the possession. And I'm not talking like a Steph Curry three, which any shot he takes is a good shot. I just feel like if you work the ball around and, and just looked around, I think so many people love Ware that you probably could have done a lot better in a trade. That's all. Yeah, yeah, probably, probably. But again, like I said, there's so few teams had three quarterbacks, and I really think it's hard. I, I had four. To give up a second, right? I, four. I have right. three. If you count Blaine Gabbert, which you know, you just saw Blaine Gabbert up close and personal. So if anybody understands, but you know what? I would have pro- strongly considered breaking up Alex Smith. I wouldn't have traded you Philip Rivers, but I probably would have been willing to do something with Alex Smith, who I certainly think is better than Griffin. But uh, well, let me Alex ask you, Smith this. straight up for where would you have done that in the two QB league? Do you want to do that? I'm saying, would you have done it? I don't want it. No, I have three QBs. But I, I'm saying, would you have done Alex Smith straight up? I would have strongly considered it. The thing is, I want wear in all of my teams. I tried to get where I when Steve Moyer called me up and asked me for my fantasy advice. I said, get Doug Baldwin, get Spencer Ware. It's like right. the two no, no, things no, I, I, I know. I, but the fact that you're not willing to commit to saying Alex Smith for Ware straight up, which I wouldn't do, but I'm saying, and obviously, I, and obviously, without question, Griffin had more upside than Alex Smith. I, I mean, clearly, Smith is safer, a million times higher floor, yeah. 
but there's little anyone would 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 know. I doubt anyone would doubt that RG three had more and upside. Than Alex Smith. Dal- Dalton, you got to understand the structure of his team. He had Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham with like so much of his money. So he was weak at tight end and QB once Romo went down. So. So, like, the Graham thing was actually useful to him. You know, it was actually – so he was – so I offered him RG3 straight up, and he said no, and he made me throw in Jimmy Graham. Now, Jimmy Graham may be laughable, but it's a two-QB league, and he didn't have any starters. You know, anybody – That's the great thing about this league is the starting requirements force you to make difficult decisions. And that's every league – every league should be super flex. You know, every league should should have multiple flexes, which this league does. Every league should certainly start three receivers, which we do. Let's get something productive out of this, Chris. Let's just I'll give you Des Bryant for Spencer Ware and we can all be happy. I, I don't have room in my lineup for Des no, Bryant. No, you can you know what? I'm just overpaying and you can fix the imbalance later. Yeah, I, I pro let me think about it. I probably should say yes just out of principle, but let me just think about it because I literally have Where could be a pumpkin in ten minutes? Yeah, yeah, I mean I could probably trade somebody, but I've got Hilton, Moncrief, Allen Robinson, and Cooks as my four receivers. And, and nobody no would want those guys. What's that? You'd never be able to trade I mean, any of those. It, it sucks to be forced to trade, you know, because you get into a, a situation where, you know, people just don't want to give you value. Nobody has a great fit. Nobody wants to unbalance their roster. But Des for I'm willing to do it. That's okay. That's a very fair offer. Um, if my if I needed a receiver, I would snap call that. You know, I need the running back more. I punted running back. Remember, I tried draft. to trade you Brady for Blake Bortles the year before Bortles was any good. I'm giving you a chance to, to get back right. on this. Yeah, I was going – I offered you Tannehill, and you didn't take him. And then uh, then you took uh, Glennon, but I offered you Tannehill. And then I was – I think I was – I don't want to give myself credit because I was too slow. But I was thinking about being like, all right, screw it. I should just do it. I'll give you Bortles. And then you already made the trade. It was too late. One other thing I want to say about where uh, – you know, for people out there who have them, um, I think the – the idea of him having a big game in week one was Kansas City was at home. They're about a seven-point favorite. San Diego doesn't present much of a defense. So it was easy to imagine the Chiefs controlling this game and where, you know, no pun intended, wearing them down, getting a bunch of carries, maybe getting a bunch of goal line work. And what happened is the Chargers actually raced out to a 21-point lead. Kansas City had to play from behind. And even with the game script being about as bad as it could be, if you own Spencer Ware, if you went all in on him in DFS or something, you, you didn't want to see them get behind by 21 points. But even with that happening, he had 199 total yards. He was used on downfield routes. They were really proactive the way they used them in the passing game. This, to me, shows that, I mean, he's going to have to deal with Charles at some point, and that could be a problem. But if he could show value in this game when the script went as poorly as for Ware as it could have, that really makes me excited about him. It definitely does. But one, another reason I was, like, eager to get him was just to get him in for that week, too. You know, it was like, mm-hmm. it, it may be, okay, yeah, that was a great matchup, but that matchup counts. You know? Oh, I love I love play for today moves. Like, I love, like, owning D'Angelo Williams and just think, look, kill it for three weeks, and I'll worry about week four later. Who's to say that Charles doesn't pull a Deion Lewis? I mean, it's it's trending that way, man. I'll tell you what this reminds me of. This reminds me of 2000, and it's a little, it's not, it's not apples to apples, okay, because Larry Johnson had a pedigree. He was a first round pick. But this reminds me of 2005 when Priest Holmes was at the end of his career, a, a great career, a fantasy difference maker career, star career. He was the best player in fantasy a couple of years. But he was at the end of his career. Johnson was the younger guy, was, was ready to take over, but they didn't really know what to do. Eventually, Holmes got hurt, and then Johnson just went crazy. And if you own Johnson, he won your league for you. 
I think Charles is at two ACL blowouts. He's 29. Uh, he's People love Charles. He, he's won leagues for people. He's been the best player in fantasy before. But And, and Ware doesn't have any kind of a pedigree. He's a sixth-round pick. He wasn't that great at LSU. He was on Seattle for a while. I mean, you know, so it's a little bit different. I can't treat him quite like Johnson, but... I'll tell you if you have if you have access to rewatching the games, watch his snaps. Every time he touches the ball, he's running over people. I, I this just reminds me. It reminds me of Holmes and Johnson, two thousand five. I think this is. I think there's an excellent chance we look back at the four or five players who moved mountains, who won leagues for people. I think there's a great chance that Ware is on that list. That's a great. Yep. It's a great analogy and narrative, and it's very persuasive. But I'm, I'm feeling, I'm resisting it. I might do that. Said you should you. trade him for Desmond. I know. I'm, maybe I may do it. That. I may do it. I don't want to do it impulsively. I want to think about it. But oh, I was like, there's a point at which I almost pulled the trigger just now in the last couple minutes. Yeah. Anyway, look, uh, Dalton, man. I, look, I love you like a brother. We're, you know, we're, we're colleagues. We're friends. You know, um, I have tremendous respect for your ability. I think you're one of the hardest players to beat. You're one of the most challenging players to play against. So. Um, I'm sure I hit the wrong tone at some point yesterday on Twitter. I apologize for that. You have my full respect and admiration. Yeah, I was a little condescending when you said I just gave him away, but it's fine. It's no big deal. I, I understand. And, uh, yeah, no worries. And I, I deserve some some shit for this. It was a bad trade. I, I get it. And I and I deserve the criticism. And, um, like I said, no one is more upset about it than I am. Just, keep me, just keep me in the loop if you're going to trade somebody I'm documented as being in love with. That's all I want. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I am. I am always bad at that. At, at you know, shopping around players, and like I said, I'm just in too many leagues. But I need to at least send out an email saying I'm looking for a quarterback. So and so was available. I wasn't like I was trying to trade shop where specifically. I was just after a quarterback specifically. But anyway, I, hear I, you I hope I hope you spend the rest of the podcast talking about all the dumb trades I've made because you, you could have a three hour podcast on that if you wanted to. Yeah, I mean, right, Dal- man, Dalton is an idiot. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But <laughs> well, we've we've already, uh, yeah, we've already established that. Real quick, uh, before I, so we we've dumped on me enough, but that was actually my my proudest draft pick I ever made was Larry Johnson. I took him at the end of round three that year. Oh, I don't really? even think anyone to, cared about ADP back then, but I believe it was way earlier than most. I yeah, mean, he's told, he like the sixth, told, seventh, eighth round that year. Yeah, Priest him in the fourth and won won the Yahoo Friends and Family that year too. Priest Holmes was healthy at the time, mind you. But anyway, I just specifically remember taking him at the end of round three at the 11th pick, and the guy at the wheel mocked me and proceeded to take J.J. Arrington with one of his picks. I, <laughs> I don't know say. anybody who owned Johnson that year didn't win their league. Right. I, that, to me, was the well, most you – know, Tomlinson was awesome at his peak, and Holmes was awesome at his peak. But the thing about Johnson is when he finally got the job, he went crazy every week. He went crazy yeah, every he week, fun. got you in the playoffs, and then went crazy in the playoffs and won you the league. Won the playoffs for you. Yeah, God, that was fun. All right, man. Thanks Grandma. for jumping on, Scott. Good right, no problem. You guys have a great pod. I always, I always enjoy it. I'll be listening, and uh, you know, mad respect to both of you. All right, all take, right. Let us take talk. care, man. See you guys. Yep. So uh, yeah, man. You know, so I, I did. I tweeted it out. I didn't mean to start World War III when I tweeted it out. I just thought it was funny because I did feel guilty that uh, you know if I trade you a player. Uh, I hope the player does fine. I'm not, you know, I don't want to lose the trade and he goes crazy, but I hope, you know, you get decent value out of it and I win the league. I don't, I'm not hoping for him to break his shoulder and be out for the year. And when I saw that, I was like, ooh, that's just so bad. No, I knew I knew you you weren't trying to be an ass about it. Um, it was funny. I was I was taking a shower, getting ready. I had to do a Facebook Live real quick. And then um, heading to the, to the Niners game. And when I got out of the shower, I had like, 22 notifications or something on my my text messages because with people you know you and Pianowski were tweeting at with my handle and that kept popping up I'm like what is going on so then I jumped in and whatever I got a little 
a little butt hurt and, and a little back and forth, but no big deal. I, I, I'm never a part of the, the big Twitter argument, so it was nice to experience it for once. But um, I know you weren't you weren't mean spirited when you started that. No, I totally and whatever. Good on you. What I, what I should have told Scott before he had to leave was that he should be thankful that this happened because my juggernaut, the team he should be most worried about in the way of him and 11 grand was the one that lost Spencer Ware for essentially nothing. Yeah, I, I don't agree with that based on the first week scores, but uh, but you can think that. I'm glad that you think that, and then it helps you uh, get to sleep at night because barely I'm concerned barely. about your health. Like I said, I, I got up to a, you know it's funny though um, how the how I work. I was going to say the brain, but specifically mine. But I had a, a really you know good week gambling. Um, I luckily survived Survivor with Seattle. Yep. Um, I, uh, I, my, the NFFC, as I alluded to, I'm third out of like 600 in the, in the primetime event and, uh, won most of my other leagues I care greatly about, but at, but then all I am upset, I'm more upset about that trade and then I am happy about all the rest combined. So I don't, I don't know. You know better than anyone how insufferable football is. And, and that's just in a nutshell. I had a great week one. It was a bunch of awesome games. And yet I still feel like it was ultimately a loss because of this one bullshit deal. Yeah, you know, it's tough to be in too many leagues because there's always someone who can get in your grill and be like, I crushed you, I dominated you, you suck, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, but I won my other eight leagues, you know. But I have, <laughs> right. what can I say to you? You know, like you beat me in this one league that we had a matchup. I mean, the more you do, the more there's going to be some failure. I, I'm not as high on where as p and I was. I, I think certainly that narrative he has is possible. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if they said Jamal Charles needs a follow-up like Deion Lewis and was out for six weeks or something. But mm -hmm. most likely they're going to be splitting carries, and that was one of the easiest matchups he's going to have all year. And it was a rare case where Alex Smith was forced to throw the ball, and who knows if he catches that many passes again all year. And, of course, it's just hilarious that, it, that RG3 doesn't slide. The game's outcome's already decided. And he's out for the year immediately. I got not even you know one game out of him, in which he played poorly. Just right. just funny. I mean, by the way, as far as him, I mean, I, I think McCown could be an upgrade. Certainly helps Gary Barnage fantasy owners. Do not drop him. I think, of which I am one. Of which I am one. So especially I how bad tight ends the situation is right now. I mean, Zach Ertz is going to miss multiple weeks. Um, uh, Kobe Fleener looks like a bust. Jared Cook looks like a bust. Obviously, just one week, but man, um, the, the tight end position looks uh, like a nightmare. So. Do not drop Barnage and buy low if you can. But um, what was I saying? Oh, Philly D actually could be a lot improved this year. They they don't have a bad front you know front four, so that could have could have been partially because of the matchup as well. I mean, not you know, I, I still think there was some theoretical upside with RG three. But of course, Gordon Gordon could be like Calvin Johnson in his prime. I mean, it's like it, it, look what Gordon did with a bunch of scrubs a few years ago. I mean, so that, if you had any if you had any heart, you'd buy Josh McCown for me and, and, and let me have him. Well, I'll buy him and then I'll trade him to you for another <laughs> player that, you know, and then Josh McCann will get hurt and it'll be Cody Kessler. And I'll pick him up and I'll trade him to you too. Yeah, what do you think bro. about Des Bryant? I don't need, like, he's totally doesn't fit my team. I've got four receivers and my backs are fine now. I totally punted. I got Foster for three bucks, who I didn't want to start in Seattle. That's why I was eager to trade for Ware for that week. I don't mind having Foster. He'll get hurt, but I, it was just like good timing. And then I have Danny Woodhead, who's actually really good, and I didn't even want, I got stuck with him. And that was it. And so then I got Ware now. So I got three running backs. So it's like that's sort of perfect. Like it's three okay running backs. It's the position I'd, I'd least want to invest in. But if I trade Ware for Dez, you know, I'm totally unbalanced. Now I've got a receiver I can't start. I'm forced to make a trade. 
But am I crazy not to snap call that and say, fine, you want to, you know, tell this Larry Johnson story? Fine, give me Dez. And, and P&I was like, yeah, it, uh, it doesn't fit your team, but I'm overpaying. So what do you care? You'll figure it out. One of my receivers will probably get hurt anyway at some point. So what do you no, think? You're, you're not crazy. I am uh, uh, sufficiently worried about Des Bryant. Obviously, he will be better than one catch eight yards or whatever, but they rarely threw the ball downfield. I know your, your Giants are, appear to have a much improved defense, but um, I'm, I'm very concerned about Des Bryant being a, anything more than a low-end wide receiver, too, as long as Tony Romo is out. Yeah, I, I'm a little concerned, but Romo might be back. I could also see Romo just kind of packing it in, being like, absolutely, you know, yes. Like, like I can't, I'm not. I just can't take it anymore. You know, I don't want to kill myself. My, I'm not. Most humans can't play in the NFL. There's no shame in being one of them. You're one of them, obviously. So yeah, why shouldn't he be? Yeah. No, I, I especially the situation you're in and the upside. I. I <laughs> Sad, sad to say it is since I'm the guy who gave you where, but I would not do that deal if I were you. Interesting. I'm tempted because it's just one game. People are taking Dez in the first round before Romo went down. Right, but he is down. I mean, that's. The, I, I know, mean, but yes. it's it's not like last year when people. I think people are alarmed with Dez because like he never does anything without Romo. But first off, they had no Prescott should be the best other right. quarterback he it has. Was his and... first game, you know. I mean, give him, you know, yeah. cut him a little slack. Uh, they were winning a lot of the time during the game, so they didn't really need to take chances. They did throw a touchdown that he barely got overturned. And, and Dak Prescott can throw the ball deeper. They didn't want to. Jason Garrett is such a coward. And the problem is that they were leading during that game, a lot of it, too. But Dallas's D is sufficiently bad that I think they're going to be in situations where they have to throw, and they're going to throw to him and not just Cole Beasley and Jason Witten. I mean, they got, when they're down 10 points, which they will be, they're going to have to throw it deeper. I, I'm seriously thinking about that offer. Yeah, no, it's a fair offer, and I, I like I, I like the fact that that um, that he's challenging you, and then me saying don't do it is almost in a way like kind of talking you into doing it, just out of principle. So uh, I don't know. Uh, I go for it. I could see it. I understand. Um, I'm just a little bit worried about Des Bryant, but but they both have their their questions. So make them, let's let's talk about these uh, games against the spread though. Before this, I mean, this is going to turn into a, a yeah, marathon. Yeah. It's a real bitch to edit these things too. All right, so. First of all, before we get started week two, um, you know, I've been been given a hard, hard enough time over the first 30 minutes of this podcast. How about you talking us out of the 49ers in the Super Contest? Boy, man, come on. Yeah, but the, we took we replaced it with the Ravens. Yeah, or, or we replaced them with Washington. Either no, way you want no, to look no, at no, it. No, 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 no. We had already agreed on Washington. We replaced them with the Ravens. No, the other, the other, in fairness, the other team I wanted to use was the Titans. So you went one and one on the other picks, and I went one and one on the other picks. And but um, we got fucking stolen from with the Saints. That shit pisses oh, me off. Man, I that know. That shit fucking pisses me off. That really fucking pisses me off because that game was fucking over. That was fourth down. They did not convert, and that's such a fucking gift pass interference call. Such fucking bullshit. Yeah, I know. And then going for two, I was like, no, do not do it. And then when I respect for that. Two, like, I don't, I don't have any complaint about that. That's oh, of course. Point. Of course you got to respect it. And then we were obviously rooting for him to get it, by the way, because we gave a point and a half. So we were rooting for Oakland to get it. And then he Lutz nearly made that 60-yarder. Yeah, I, I know. I mean, it, didn't, it wasn't that close. But it was well, just – Well, he had the distance. He had the yeah, distance. It was, it was – I could tell he was, it was shaky. But – it was just bullshit, man. It was fucking over. He oh, he threw that ball out of bounds. It was uncatchable. That was a terrible fucking call. And just that's was, that's, that's bullshit. True. We should be four and one. We're three and two. 
I know it's a, it's that's an all right start before one would be so much sweeter. Ah, but um, what about the was... Niners last night? That I, I know you you were sleeping in in you know in your German time, but that that was a fantastic display of, of NFL of the NFL, right? I mean that that only set the league back about a decade. That was I didn't watch one it one after another. It was at least the Niners showed up defensively at home. That's what they did last year in the same doubleheader uh, Monday night season opener against the Vikings who went on to, you know, make win their division. And, but this might be a little different. I do not think the Rams are going to turn around and win double digit games and girly fantasy owners have to be concerned. That's over the last nine games. He has 3.8 yards per carry on the nose. And that offense just looks like the worst in the NFL. I mean, Case Keenum made Blaine Gabbert look comp, you know, competent. And that's saying a lot Yeah, case closed. Yes. <laughs> And so, Goff is the third string. He hasn't even won the second stringer yet. I mean, that's that's a problem in Los Angeles. Why would they draft someone first overall, start Case Keenum? It's just, what are you doing? It's like the Eagles figured out a way to get Carson Wentz in there, and he looked good. He looks good. I mean, you're you're really upset if you're the Rams right you're now. You're just an Wentz idiot. You're just such an idiot. Like, why would you draft that guy and then dick him around? Just let him play. That's your. It's not like you drafted him with a 29th pick. You drafted him with the first overall pick. And now you're yeah, burying him uh, behind Case Keenum. It just makes no sense. It's a stupid franchise. I'm not that so worried real about quick, Gurley. I'm not that worried about him. You're not. You're not worried about Gurley. I'm okay, worried so, a little, but I'm not that worried because he had Nick Foles last year and he was still good. So, so last night at this game, um, not only did the fan run out on the field, and, saw, and that was that was super entertaining while you were there. But Kevin Harlan's, I'm sure most people have heard it by now, but his radio call of it was epic. One of the best sports calls in the history of broadcasting, if you haven't heard it. Um, a guy directly in front of us apparently was so wasted he vomited all over the person in front of him in, in the fourth quarter. <laughs> right and in front it was of you? Like, uh, so the person in front of me vomited in the person in front of him. And the guy turned around and didn't notice it at first, and it was all over his jacket, oh. all over his, his jeans, oh. and it was disgusting. <laughs> and he, and then the guy who got vomited on spit in the guy's face and was so upset. And then the dude just chilled instead of leaving. Paramedics and the cops came. The paramedics were, like, cleaning it up, and the guy's like – and they're like, can you come with me? He's like, no, no, no I'm good. Thanks. I appreciate your concern, guys, but uh, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> but then they escorted him out of there. And then um, what else? On the way home, we witnessed a car accident, and uh, I was with the guy who had a, who put five dollars on um, just the two Monday night games DFS and won and won his pool and won a thousand dollars. And he was like rooting against Gurley. It was just a crazy night overall. And prob- you know that the 49ers currently lead the NFL in point differential. Right, twenty-eight nothing will do it. And they were very close to the Seahawks to being the only undefeated winning team in their division. So, uh, yeah. But anyway, Gabbert was bad and Jeremy Curley was funny. But uh, let's move on to week two now. But uh, it was a very entertaining uh, Monday night uh, set of events for me. I'll say one other thing. Do you remember this summer that I you gave me 12 to 1 on 20 bucks that I said that someone other than Hillary or Trump will be president? And there was right. talk today. It was just talk I saw on Twitter. That if Hillary, like, seriously is too sick with this, like, fainting spell to proceed, if it's, like, a big liability, like, if it happens again, it's game over, right? If if there's something else, like, it's probably game over. And Trump is just such a disaster that, like, Biden, they'd want to put in Biden. Of course, all the Bernie supporters would go crazy, but, you know, whatever. Whichever one they put up there would destroy Trump. You'd have to owe me $240. Yeah, uh, well... Okay. Well, what what do you make of this Hillary Hillary's health scare? Well, it was it was bad on two fronts. One is like, that, you know, they acted like it was nothing, and then she totally collapsed like in front of the car. There's video of it, 
And then they later on said, oh, she had pneumonia. And I don't know. Maybe that's true. You know, they have some do- – anybody, they can say whatever they want. But why is she out at an event? Isn't pneumonia contagious? Like, why is she out in public? Why didn't they yeah. just say that on Friday and say she's going to have to skip the event? She's sick. And just the way they're so, like, secretive about stuff, and they just and then they lie, and then they catch up and say, oh, there's nothing wrong, and she's fine. And they say, oh, she had pneumonia. It just sounds, like, very fishy. And she's already so distrusted. It's just – it's a bad look. And, I mean, Trump is a joke, but that that is definitely a liability. And then the whole deplorables thing is really bad. I mean – Oh, the other half of them are just struggling. The other half are in a basket of deplorables. Really? You're calling like 20 million people deplorables? You know, 20 years ago, she called a big group of people super predators. It's not good to dehumanize people. You're supposed to, if you're a leader, you're supposed to say, you know, racism is bad and racist actions cannot be tolerated. You don't say a person is, deplor- you know, that they're a bunch of deplorables. Like you just totally dehumanize them, write them off. The only people deserving of being dehumanized are those who trade Spencer Ware for RG3. Absolutely. All right. So I just want to say that. We can go, but let's go on to these spreads because you're right. We've got we to gotta get this moving. All right. Let's do it. All right. Thursday night is Jets plus two and a half at Bills. You know what I did? I actually uh, wrote the line that I thought it would be. Not necessarily what it should be, but what I thought it would be. And then I would, like, be surprised to see what the line actually was. Okay. So I'm not saying that's like my only reasoning, but it's going to inform my reasoning. So who do you like Jets plus two and a half at Bills? Well, first of all, hit refresh on your Vegas Insider because right now it looks like to me this is mostly a pick 'em is what it looks like to me. That's in, so in funny Vegas. because I made it a pick. That's what that was. Oh no, sorry, my bad. I thought it would be two and a half. I got it totally reversed. I thought it would be two and a half, and <laughs> no, it's actually a, a pick. More sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes a little more sense. Actually, a pick. I, I, I guess two and a half. But it's a pick. But that was before – I think that was before I heard the Watkins news. This feels like the total sucker side, but I'm just going to, based on the evidence of week one, and just take the Jets. I get traveling in a short week in a divisional matchup, and I, I think the contrarian, probably shrewd, sharp play is Buffalo. But I'm just not going to do that. I'm just going to say the Jets looked really good. They had a missed extra point, a missed field goal. That Bengals team is, is fantastic, and they essentially outplayed them. Um, I still like the Jets' defense uh, and Buffalo uh, with a, a hobbled Watkins. Tyrod Taylor is just not the same player. Did you see that defensive scheme against him? I know Baltimore's defense is probably going to be better this year, but but man, that, that I don't know. I'd be concerned if I'm Buffalo. I'm taking the Jets. Yeah, I mean, also like you know, what is Buffalo going to do? They're going to run into the Jets' stout front. I mean, that's like no. the strength of the Jets' D. I would take the Jets, too, even though it does seem on a short week. All this kind of reasoning is just bullshit, right? You know, everyone's going to be on the Jets, and the Bills are a pick em at home. Sure, I, you probably should take them. But I, I'm going to – this is just like the Rams-Niners. It's, oh, what are they going to do? Gabbert's not going to beat them. What are they going to do? They're going to stuff them and Gurley will run all over them. I mean, it's the same thing all over again. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, so so we both we both agree, but we both also agree yeah, that I'm it's probably – I'm not using this as, a, as one of the five. No way. Okay, okay. All right. Niners plus 14 at Panthers. I thought it would be 13. Oh, this is my bet of the week. Um, I, I, I actually think last night's outcome uh, moved this line a half a point or a point off a key number of 14. Um, before, before the Niners played last – I'm sorry, before I saw the spread, I thought this spread could be as high as 20. I mean, there isn't a, a greater setup for Carolina who has 11 days off coming from Thursday night, a real disappointing loss – um, yes, maybe Newton might not. I mean, maybe he's still recovering from getting so beaten up. But this is, you know, one of the three best teams in the NFL. The Niners, who ended last night's game at nearly midnight, now have to travel on a short week. 
just the same as last year when I said, you know, that that second doubleheader, they beat a good Vikings team at home as underdogs. The very next week, they traveled to Pittsburgh and I think lost approximately 80 to nothing. I expect something very similar here. Uh, The Panthers win by 21 points at least. It's my bet of the week. Wow. Uh, It's actually down to 13 now on the side I'm looking at. Yeah. So I like I like Carolina a lot. Yeah, I, I'm on the fence on that. I, I'm probably going to do that. The, the other explanation is uh, Chip Kelly's not Jim's Tom Sula, and this team might not be a joke. Yeah, I mean, they won 28 nothing last time. I mean, even if they looked poorly, you know, passing the ball, um, that's true. I, may, I, I, I will admit that I, I like this slightly l- l- less than I did 24 hours ago, but I'm still sticking to it. I think the setup is just, I mean, Carolina's essentially almost coming off a bye, basically. Niners are traveling in a really shortened week. Right. And, you know, and they have to start a 10 a.m. body clock game. I mean, I don't know. I, I, this has all the makings for a blowout. Yeah, I hear you. All right. How about uh, Ravens? And I can't believe this line. I, and the RG3 thing doesn't matter at all. It's Ravens minus seven at the Browns. I put pick them. I've never been seven points off on a spread ever. Yeah, it looks like it opened at two and a half. And um, I, I picked the Ravens to make the playoffs this year. And I, and I really like them to be a much improved team. But this is bizarre. Um, Cleveland is they're they're probably going to finish 3 and 13 or something but I don't think they're going to get typically blown out and the McCown thing might actually be an upgrade they're at home divisional game the over under is just like 42 43 points meaning the points are even you know even more important so I would definitely take the home dog here yeah it, it is like so trappy though this this is the rare case where the home dog is the obvious it's like right. It, it's like if, if I look at this line, I'm saying Vegas is telling me you they're trying to get me to take Cleveland. They don't want me to take Baltimore. It's so weird. Yeah, I, mean, I can still see the public. The, the public may still be all over Baltimore yeah. after they looked good week one. Seven Cleveland looked bad. The they lost their, their brand-name quarterback. It's less than seven. You know, so like, oh, I have to give less than a touchdown. I can see the public still betting I on Baltimore. I've never been off seven points guessing a spread in my life. I, I could not believe it. I thought, okay, Baltimore's kind of shitty, but they're better than Cleveland. You know, like they're I thought they're going to be a pick of maybe minus one or two. Worst case, minus three. Seven is just out of control. I don't know yet. I don't know who, I, who I'm going to pick there, but I just feel like I just feel like it's real trappy. All right. I'm Titans plus five and a half at lines. Yeah, I actually am a buyer in Detroit this year. I think they're going to be a real, real good team. Um, I also kind of secretly liked uh, Tennessee this year and they I don't understand. They, they lost at home by nine points while holding Minnesota to 4.4 yards per play. I mean, that's that's performance art. That's tough to do. I guess that's what two defensive touchdowns will do to you. But um, I'm still going to take the points and hold my nose, even though I kind of – I kind of sometimes you say I want to fade both teams. I kind of want to buy both these teams. But I'm, uh, I still believe in Mariota. Detroit's just the type of team that – I think they're going to pull some upsets this year, and they're going to be a tough team. But I don't love them as a team to run away and you know blow teams out either. So – Give me the points. Yeah, I'll probably take the points also. I thought it would be a little less than this. I don't know what to make of Detroit. They might be okay. They, they do that dink and dunk thing, and I wonder if defenses will adjust. I have no respect for the Titans. They gave Andre Johnson seven targets. And this is a stupid team. This is a yeah, dumb I know. team. That's I know. the thing. But not like the Lions are, are splitting the atom either. So it's, oh. it's ugly. All right. Uh, Chiefs plus two at the Texans. Now, it's two, now I'm looking at two and a half. But but I had it to I guessed it two and a half. It was two when I started. Now two and a half. 
Yeah, I do not like I would this is a stay away for me, but um I'm going to go with the home team. It's less than a field goal, but this is one of my least favorites. I, I would not want to use this in the super contest, but I'm I'm gonna take the home team in, in Houston, but again, I don't I don't like it at all. Do you feel strongly? No, I don't feel strongly. Uh, my lean would be Chiefs. I, I was unimpressed with Osweiler. You know, I thought there was a lot of hype coming out of the preseason, and he faced a depleted Bears secondary and yep. really didn't do anything. And Yeah, Fuller holds on to an easy 83-yard touchdown. His YPA looks a little bit better, but I hear you. Yeah, it was like it's closer than it had to be. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sold. i got to think about it, but I'm not. It's certainly not one that I'm using. All right, how about I thought the Dolphins would be plus six. They ended up being plus six and a half. Where are you on that one? Well, I don't like going against uh, Belichick, and I, I took the points last week against uh, Arizona, but uh, I'm going to go Miami here. They typically play New England tough, even with Brady. Um, I think a lot of people are going to see that New England just won in Arizona and Miami lost, but they played really pretty well defensively in Seattle. I understand that offensive line shaky, and, and Russell Wilson was hobbled with that ankle sprain, but... Their run D looked much improved. I mean, if Mario Williams can pass concussion protocol, that Sue there, I mean, that that Cameron Wake, that 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 Cameron Wake's still there, right? Yeah, that that front four looks formidable. So I think they can keep this close. I like the Dolphins. Yeah, I like Miami too. I also just like selling New England high on just a crazy I don't know how they did it. I mean, it's just crazy to to you know, Pro Football Focus had Gronk as their best player in the league. So that means they're without the best player in the league and wow. Tom Brady. And they went to Arizona. Okay, who's one of the? They're on the short list as Super Bowl favorites, and they went. How is that possible that they would beat them? It it just shows. I mean, I think they're overrating Gronk. By the way, I mean Gronk's a great player, but best player in the NFL is kind of ridiculous. But it's just amazing, like how much coaching and preparation and just game plan matters. Yeah. So my uh, my survivor I run is just once I, I stayed with Seattle. And uh, that's the advice I give my brother, who's in a real big survivor league. I care the most about that, so I stuck with Seattle. But I'm in another pool that's a two-strike league. And I feel like if you're in two, you might as well mix it up a little. That's kind of the point of it. Um, and I went to – I switched to Arizona. Just I thought the pot odds – Vegas rarely likes to move from six and a half to seven because exactly, that's a key number. Right. And it jumped to nine and a half by Sunday morning. It did? So, yes, nine and a half. Yes, nine. I promise you, this site we use, Vegas Insider, all the casinos had it nine and a half. Wow. So I switched, you know, and I looked in the in the Yahoo numbers showed like one percent of the people were taking uh, the Cardinals and thirty nine point five percent were taking the Seahawks. So I switched to Arizona. Thankfully, it's a two strike league. Yeah, I mean, you know, but you're you're pretty much dead in the water with that strike this early, man. You're not going to win that. It doesn't help. Yeah, it doesn't help. But a uh, boy, it's not like. The other people were feeling great. I mean, Kansas City took the biggest comeback in franchise history, and Seattle took a fourth down conversion, and that was extremely lucky to come away with that. It was uh, nearly just total carnage week one. Yeah, it was it was bad, except for Philly and, and Houston were, were pretty safe. But the, the crazy thing uh, is that Arizona the had the Packers game winning field goal. The Packers weren't that safe either. No, and that would have been kind of a crazy one. But the Arizona – attempted the game-winning field goal like they were no worse than seattle or kansas city it was just luck it's just just dumb luck which one won i will say about seattle though that you could argue that's a stupid pick they're the highest owned and they barely won but it's like yeah but seattle has a good enough defense that even if their offensive line plays terrible and russell wilson hurts his ankle they still have a chance it's like a lot of teams you pick if something goes wrong it's over they were good enough so something did go very wrong and they still won but anyway 
Yep. Um, it was it was a kind of a crazy thing with the Patriots. All right, let's move on to the next game. Uh, John, you said Miami, though. You agree? What's that? Yeah, I would take You're Miami. Really? I would take okay. Miami. Right. I'm not like in love with it, but I would take it. All okay. Right. Giants are are minus five hosting New Orleans. I, I guess it would be five and a half. And I don't want to go on an extended rant here because I've done it so much on XM. But like Ben McAdoo is a fucking idiot. He's a fucking moron. He kicked. He, do you see him punt on fourth and one at the thirty-seven? Yes. Yes. I mean, to just get a yard to win the game. I mean, and then they would have probably, they might have lost if Terrence Williams got out of bounds and Dallas had, had one more quick play from scrimmage and got into Bailey's range. But so there's that, and then there's the fact that they do not throw to Odell Beckham. And Odell Beckham had 151 targets or something in 15 games last year, which is pretty good. But the Giants had the 32nd ranked defense last year, and their D is way better now. And so I don't think they're going to throw to – I think Beckham's going to get, like, 142 targets. They just do not – Orlando Skandrick was, like, grabbing his hamstring, trying to run with Beckham, and he got eight targets the whole game, only two deep targets. I mean, this guy is, like, trying to establish the run. It's just – I mean, he's – I really – I cannot be more disappointed with his debut. And it's just – he got so lucky. He got gifted that thing with Terrence Williams staying in bounds. And it impacts this game because the Giants should win by 21. I mean, they should just – Beckham should have 250 yards and five touchdowns. They, the Saints have two undrafted free agent corners playing. They're starting this week because Delvin Bro is out and some other guy. Yeah, they had the worst secondary before their best member right. uh, yeah, this went is, down. And, and you're going to watch McAdoo try to establish the run. It's going to be disgusting. That said, I'll probably still take the Giants at home against New Orleans outdoors. And the Giants' D is way better than people realize. It was very good against Dallas. Five yards per attempt for Prescott. Uh, you know, two and a half, three yards of carry for Ezekiel Elliott. They were tough. Yeah, I initially wrote down the Saints here, um, but I, I one of my least uh, confident picks of the week. I could see the Giants rolling. It was partially from what you said, coaching, and I could see New Orleans, even if they get down 17 points, they could come back when the Giants get conservative and a backdoor type Ugh. cover. Four and a half, you know, I mean, they could still win by four and, and badly outplay them is kind of where I'm leaning. But New Orleans outside of that dome last year, Breeze really struggled. Giants looking much improved on defense. So I, I took the points, but I, I do not like this one. Yeah, I'm, I'm laying the wood. And I don't love the Giants as a favorite normally, but I, I just think this is a very good team with a very bad coach. And we'll see what happens. I hope that he's like a Coughlin bad coach that gets them ready and motivates them. And it's just he can't deal with the decision making. But I'm worried. Right. All right. I was going to say, would you make that switch back if you could right now? Yes, I would right now. And I don't like Coughlin at all. I think he, the game passed him by. But this guy's a fucking idiot. <laughs> all right. Hey, uh, people can change. I mean, Riverboat Ron, you know, he people change. They get yeah. better. The more that you do a job, typically the, the better you get. We'll see. This guy, the, the Giants beat writers are such a bunch of cowards. They don't even ask questions. Like, you know, what were you thinking? Um, they're just stupid. Uh, okay. So uh, Cincy plus three and a half at Pittsburgh. Who do you like there? Um, I, 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 I'm taking the points just because of that half a point. I mean, I know that's very a simpleton way of going about it, but why these teams are even. So why is it not just the, the, the three, I think divisional games should be close. Andy Dalton just got 12.4 YPA again in, uh, in New York against the jets without Marvin Jones and Sanu. I mean, I'm, I, he was really good before going down last year and this defense remains pretty strong. So I expect this game to be, you know, decided by a field goal. So I'll, I'll take the dogs. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with you there. It's just simple, right? It's, it's a three-point game. It should be three. It should not be three and a half. What's the extra half for? All right, there's no reason for it. They are equal. Agreed. Right. Uh, Cowboys 
plus three. This is before the, the game. <laughs> I had it five and a half, but that was before the Monday night game where Washington looked like shit. So Dallas plus three at Washington. Who you got there? That's a crazy stat. I saw it run that um, he entered last night. Kirk Cousins is the high, highest completion percentage at home in NFL history. Obviously, the sample is fairly small, but I do not love this one one way or the other. Um, but I'm actually going to take Washington at home. I think people are going to think that they're a bad team, but they, uh, they, they played pretty well at home last season. I do like Kirk Cousins still, and I don't know what to make of Dallas. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean toward Washington. I'm definitely taking Washington. Dallas, that dink and dunk shit. If they don't throw to Des Bryant, they got to make seven first downs to get down the field, right? Right. It's just a stupid way to go about it. Yeah, they've got a great offensive line. They'll make a lot of first downs, but they're going to end up with a lot of field goals. And Washington, like the Giants, they can strike fast, and they will against Dallas. I think Deshaun Jackson will get deep. I think Jordan Reed will operate. I like Washington, too. Yeah, if Jordan Reed looked like awesome on that first drive when uh, he kind of disappeared. I would be buying low if I if I were a fantasy owner, if that's at all possible. I I really think Jordan Reed could be a big difference maker. Like probably I don't know what fifty fifty that he finishes more fantasy points than a hobbled Gronk right now. So I think you should treat him. I, I would definitely be trying to buy if any owner is just kind of lukewarm on Jordan Reed. Yeah, it's funny though with trade advice on radio shows and columns. The amount of trade advice is so disproportionate than the amount of actual trades that happen. It's like so hard to do a trade. You're like, oh, go buy low on this guy. You like go through the rosters and you're like, who has him? Email that guy. Guy's like, fuck off. I agree. I agree. I, I hear you. It never happens. Bucks plus six and a half at Arizona. I guess this line would be seven. Who do you like here? I I like Tampa Bay and kind of a decent amount. Um, I'm at this point. It's I think it's kind of safe to question whether Arizona is, you know, one of the two best team, two three best teams in its conference. And uh, Tampa Bay, their defense looks better. Uh, Winston, um, I can just pay you the money, whatever our bet was before the season. I was wrong. I think he's a star right now, not just a developing one. Um, uh, I think that they're good. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Tampa Bay wins this game. I certainly wouldn't feel comfortable taking Arizona in Survivor, let alone giving up nearly a touchdown. I like Tampa Bay. Yeah, I'm not sure about this. I was initially uh, leading leaning Zona. Just because I don't know what happened against the Patriots, but they're usually very tough at home. And Tampa's good, but this isn't, you know, an eight or nine point line. You know, three would be even teams. Arizona gets a small bump below the key number beyond that, which of course they deserve. You gotta give them some credit for the last two years, right? Oh yeah, it's not it's not an insane line by any means. No, no, no. So I'm on the fence. I don't I, I I'm not strong in it. I I hear your point with Tampa though. They're a solid team getting decent points. My lean is Arizona, but I'm not committed to that. Okay. Okay. Now you got uh, Seahawks minus six at the at the Rams. I like the Rams here. I think you buy low. Russell Wilson's ankle, if it plays, he's going to be banged up. He's going to be a little less mobile. They always play Seattle tough for God knows what reason. Seattle's line isn't good. The Rams were embarrassed on Monday night. I just think this is a bad setup for Seattle, and I'm willing to take the points. Yeah, this is all over the map. It opened at three and a half. I was looking at three and a half, and then I see another casino as five and a half, another seven. So I, I was going to say Seattle at three and a half just because I know that it's a sucker side, but I just can't see Case Keenum putting up more than three, you know, a couple field goals, three, six points against Seattle defense. But you're right. The history suggests they, they play them well. Who knows of Wilson's availability? So if it's up to six points, I could see holding my nose and going with the home dog. But this is certainly one I, I would not use in the contest. Yeah, no, I, I, actually, I would use it probably. I just think it's it's just a good setup. It's just, I bet uh, everyone's going to be. Seattle, I mean, wouldn't you not rank Seattle the number one fantasy D of the week? 
Uh, I would rank them pretty high, but I think Gurley's going to run a lot, and they're going to be more. Even though Seattle's run D is, is way better than the Niners' run D, I think they'll be successful. They'll figure some stuff out. As you said, mm-hmm. it was just sort of that West Coast late Monday night game was a weird game. I think, I think this is going to be a war. It's going to be like the Dolphins all over again. It's just going to be a war, and it's in Los Angeles. It's their, it's their yeah. opener for their whole you know, stadium. Maybe you know, maybe Carolina would be number one fantasy team, but also Los Angeles. Who knows if they'll have a home home field advantage with a bunch of transplants that don't aren't even tied we're to the all, team? We're all totally baked at the game and leaving early to beat the traffic. Like it's such a half-assed. It's just like a scene there. They don't care about football. Yeah, I I, I would. Yeah, I wouldn't want to use this as one of our five picks personally. Okay. Well, I'm not dying to. And then we got the Colts. I thought it'd be four and a half at six at Denver. How do you feel that? Yeah, I could see a, a backdoor cover here, but I'm I'm leaning toward laying the wood here. I think Denver again that extra rest they have, you get them out of the dome in, in Indy. They they I just really worry about this Colts team. Maybe it'll just be a total circus and they'll score 24 points in every second half and make games look close. But they get off to such slow starts. This Denver defense remains elite. If Simeon just doesn't turn the ball over, I think C.J. Anderson's the number one fantasy back this week. I think he's going to go crazy. Um, I, I, it's less than a touchdown, so I like Denver to cover. Yeah, I'm on the fence here. I, I, Luck had played very well against Denver whenever these two teams match up, but it was more the Peyton Manning Broncos. And, and Indy's offensive line was banged up heading into the year. They actually held up pretty well last week, but it's a you know, big risk for Luck just getting killed here, especially yeah. on the road. But I think I'm going to take the points. I think I'm going to take the points. I think – C.J. Anderson, you know, it could be like a, a crush, like a 30-3 to three where C.J. Anderson has three touchdowns and Trevor Simeon doesn't even have to attempt a forward pass. But if it becomes a game, they, they have really no downfield threat in Denver. And, uh, I mean, Demarius was, but I don't think they're going to throw to him. I don't know what his health is. Looks like it's not that bad. And Indy will be able to keep up. I think I'm going to take the points. All right. Well, not, we're going to have it's not, it's, not a strong, it's not a strong one, but it's, I, I'm sort of on the fence. Falcons plus five at so, Oakland. I know who one I like here. Nice is there's five, I know it's, you're all screwed up time wise, but it's nice to see five afternoon games. Uh, you know, last week with with all the no buys, there were just three <laughs> yeah. in the in the afternoon, which is very frustrating. So it's nice to see five of them in week two. I am going to take the points here. They're terrible on the road. I get it. Oakland just won in New Orleans and looks impressive. There's they're everyone's darling, and the Falcons are. Whatever their record is is horrendous after starting five and zero last year. But I, I, I'm not ready to call them a total doormat, and I think they can keep this somewhat close. So uh, I'm going to take the the underdog. Yeah, I hear you, but I think I'm going to lay the wood. I don't. I think Atlanta is just terrible. And they might be. They might be. And Oakland. I don't love Oakland either. I think they're overhyped. But I mean, three is even teams. Five is sort of a nebulous area, right? I mean, it's four is the is the next key number, and then that five is kind of just floating there. I think I'm going to lay the wood. Yeah, so we're we're a little bit unlike last week. We're a little bit different here. Yeah, so it's gonna, I don't, might I, I don't have I don't have strong like last week. I was way stronger on these games. Yeah, well, me too. I say that every year, man. Week one is just the easiest week for me, and then it just gets increasingly more difficult. And it's this certainly the case here. Okay, so next game is the Jaguars plus three. I actually, guess this one right. At San Diego, who do you like? I mean, this is this is what the line should be, right? I mean, I, just, I mean, how could you feel strongly one way or the other here? I I will take the points. Um, San Diego doesn't have a great home field advantage. They they are missing Keenan Allen. I I hate to overrate injuries to skill position players, but 
Philip Rivers was just night and day last year with him in and out of the lineup. Jacksonville, sometimes it's ugly, but they make their comebacks. I think they can make this close. I mean, uh, they could even win outright. So anytime there's – I'm going to take Jacksonville, but it, it, who knows? It's a coin flip. I like Jacksonville. I like the fact they went for it on fourth down a lot. It's just a different – team it just seemed like an aggressive team they could have beat green bay they just there are a couple plays that you know went through Allen robinson's hands he's gonna have a big game yeah, they went for it on they went for it on fourth and five from midfield in like the early second quarter i liked that yeah I, I just feel like that i just trust a team like that a lot more like i just feel like they're all they believe in themselves they lost big deal i think they're gonna show up for this game packers um i thought it would be a pick at minnesota but i i guess i didn't consider the qb situation enough it's minus two at minnesota one one quick other thing of fantasy advice. Um, don't get frustrated if you're an Allen Robinson owner because, you know, he had a tough matchup week one, and now he faces Verrett. The San Diego typically shuts down opposing teams' uh, number one wide receiver. So if he gets off to another slow start, a one final buy low candidate I'll throw out there entering week three for maybe Robinson because I still love him as a top five guy. Um, I'm gonna be He's going to torch Verrett. Sam Shields was grabbing his jersey a lot and stuff. He's got away yeah. with a lot of crap. He's going to light yeah, up Verrett. Yeah. You love the 15 targets. I mean, geez. Right. Um, all right, I'm going to be the sucker here, and um, I, I, I will be accused of a Minnesota hater again. I bet on their under before the season. Uh, I loved the Titans last week. Um, certainly won't be an easy matchup, and who knows quarterback situation. Minnesota has a solid D, but Adrian Peterson might be done, by the way. I mean, he might just be totally done. And a Green Bay's defense I like. Um, I understand their coaching, and it's a, it's a little concerning that Aaron Rodgers has gotten like 6.8 YPA or less in like six in like each of his last like six or seven games or something crazy but he's still a playmaker and i'm not going to overthink this it's less i know they're the road favorite but it's less than three points i, I think green bay wins i want to take and, minnesota here i i think that green bay i'm not sure about them if they let, let them prove me wrong light up minnesota sure. beat them decisively on the road i'll okay i'll give in they're good again 5.9 ypa including a 29 yard td that rogers had no business throwing it was a great throw but i mean you know, that was just half luck. And they're just not letting it up. And Minnesota is obviously very compromised at the QB position, but their D is way better. And I don't know, Peterson could be on the way out, but we'll see. Green Bay can't run either, though, by the way. I mean, it's yeah. not just Eddie Lacy's fault. They just can't run block, and he's just not very explosive. They, they can't run the ball at all. Yeah, I mean, you want to, you know, if it's Aaron Rodgers in the crisp passing game that we're used to, he, he should be able to handle this. But on the road, they're not that good. And. I don't like it. I'm, I'm going to take the points. I think Minnesota probably wins this game, and they're just they just ugly it up. You know, either way, it's going to be like a 17-16 game. I think it's not going to be a high scoring game. I think I would even take the under on 44. Oh, by the way, we were we were dead right about uh, the only over. We rarely give over unders, but we both love the Giants uh, Cowboys under, and it it won easily. Yeah, no, it was that was a good that was that was an easy call, especially with those two coaches. All right, Monday right. night, let's wrap this thing up because it's getting crazy long with the P&L segment. I guessed it would be Eagles plus two and a half, and it's Eagles plus three. Yeah. I, I thought the Eagles would get more cred for their big win and Wentz's good play. I know who I like. Who do you like? Yeah, I mean, again, this spread is about right, but I'm going to take the points. I think the Eagles secretly could have a, a decent defense, and I'm a believer in Wentz. I think he's going to – obviously, he's going to have his up and downs his rookie year in which he missed all most of the preseason, but – I, I don't know. I, I, Philly impressed me. The Bears, whatever, um, and they're getting the points. So um, I, I, I like the Eagles. I like the Eagles here. Yeah, I was leaning Chicago just because it's contrarian. I think everybody. Yeah, likes, it's very I, contrarian. I, people like the the direction the Eagles are headed in. Chicago still got Cutler there. I mean, 
what are they doing? You know, they have no future with Cutler. He's not going to be the next playoff quarterback that they have. So what's the point? But Wentz played one good game against a terrible D. Now he's got to go on the road. We'll see what happens. But I, I think uh, I, I thought they I thought the Eagles would be um, plus two and a half. They're plus three, which is a little less uh, appealing. But I think I'll still take Chicago. All right, so what, what are we going to do? Go, have to talk backstage about this or what? I mean, do you have any – do we even come up with one that we like? I mean, I want to go to bat for the Panthers personally. I, yeah, I think go to they're... bat for the Panthers. I'm not against it. I, I, I don't want to go to bat for the Giants. Here's the thing. I hate the Giants coach, especially as a favorite, the way he plays. But I think the Giants' D is so much better than they've been given credit for that if they bottle up a very average breeze on the road, they should kill them, even if McAdoo calls a stupid game. That's oh, thing. I can see it. If you want to, if you want to do it, I won't. I will not. I'll take fight the Giants. Them. I don't like them as if I, I feel it's a little homerish, but I just don't. I feel like the whole offseason they're not really taken seriously the personnel on this defense, like how good it is. Right. Yeah, that's funny. You're going homerish, and I'm going opposite homerish, picking the team that's facing that's yeah, facing the Giants. Right about this. I also like the Rams in this spot. I mean, as terrible as they look, I think it's time to buy. It just seems like the right value proposition. Yeah, like I said, I, I would not want to use that one. We'll have to talk about that. Any anyone else jump jump out at you at all? Um, I like Washington a little bit, not a lot, but I they're better at home, and I think they. I mean, they lost. They got killed at home by Pittsburgh, but I think this yeah. will be a lot. You know, instead of Antonio Brown going downfield, they're going to have Dink and Dunks, and it's going to play to their strengths. I'm fine with Washington, actually. I'm I, I'm fine okay. with that. We we lost them already. They owe us. Right. You right. like Miami. I, I'm i fine with that. No, I don't love you. Oh, really? You kind of like, yeah, it wasn't one of my favorite ones, but you, I, I you kind of like. I just think it's, again, it's the right buy low. New England played out of its mind. They might have Gronk. You know, Miami, I think they, they just looked like they were a real team out there. They didn't go to Seattle and get their ass kicked. They went in and started kicking some ass. You know what I mean? It was like, whoa, this is not like a joke, this team. This team's like a real yeah. team. That's what it seemed and, like. And it, it does feel contrarian to go against Belichick at home. Like, I bet very few percentage of the, of the pool will pick, pick Miami. And they've played um, well. As, you know, Tannehill's played against them a lot. They've played better against them historically. They've covered a bunch. I, I'm, I would probably take that one. All right. You don't like the Bucks and Broncos. I kind of marked down as, as two others I like. What about, um, what about uh, is it too obvious, the Browns getting that many points at home? Yeah, I'm worried about that. I mean, it's ridiculous. I, I, it's way too many, but... Sometimes they get it wrong, though, Liss. I mean, the, the, this open at two and a half. I mean, the line moved four points. I mean, I kind of like that. But who moved the line, right? Vegas is not going to... You know why they moved the line? Because some sharp put some... Probably put some ridiculous bet on the Ravens. Because it's not okay, the public. Well, the public's not going to move the line. I guess if everybody in there and everybody started betting like crazy, but you think the public's betting early Sunday night on the... Well, they're not touching the sport this game. That sharp could be right and still us win, though, is the thing. If he betted it two and a half, you get what I'm saying? I mean, it's all the way up to six and a half. Right. If it's two and a half and he thinks the line should be three and a half, four, he might place a huge bet because that's a huge key number and and big. And, and, you know, now it's all the way at seven just to be like, okay, we can't. But they're going to get middled. (laughs) They're taking a big chance, you know, they they get middled there. Right. I don't know. I got to think about it. I might use it. It is ridiculous. Okay. Yeah, we have a few days, and we're not going to use the Thursday night game this week, as you said. So uh, we have a few days, but uh, it's a good start. Yeah, all right. Good enough. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. All right, later, Liz. Take it easy.
This podcast, the East Coast Offense, is sponsored by FanDuel. Special offer for new users. Get a free six-month Rotowire subscription with a $10 deposit on FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. Not only do you get the free subscription, you also have that $10 available to play with on FanDuel. It's more than $40 in value for just $10. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. They're going to kill the love of my life. Casey! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide. In theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13.